Welcome to episode number 137 of the Church Collective Podcast. In this episode, myself, Ryan, hi, that's my name, and uh, Chris Bellamy had the opportunity to talk to Chris Kilala about Jesus Culture's latest stuff, about life of the church um, at Jesus Culture Sacramento, and just a bunch of great uh, insight. He's been on the podcast a couple times before, and I'm sure you're going to love it again. So here we go, episode number 137 of the Church Collective Podcast. We are still obviously a new church. I, I don't know how long we can get away with saying that, but we're almost three years, will be three years in September, and um, it's still just, you know, going deeper in community. We've um, just practically, because we're in a in a high school theater, we've had to sort of figure out, okay, how do we get kids into, you know, kids, children's ministry, and, yeah. and just those practicals of moving service times around to figure out which, what works best, but um, it's been amazing. Like, the people are so good, and I don't know if we talked about this last time, but I think the thing that we've loved as a as Jesus Culture Ministry, which you know for years we were sort of an events-based ministry, um, you know, with the music label and touring and doing conferences, and so I think the one of the most rewarding things for us is doing life with people, um, you know, week in week out, and uh, so that's been really fun. It's mm-hmm. been really good to see the church grow. Um, as far as a worship culture, you know, me being the worship pastor, like for me, that feels really fruitful and rewarding to, to every week, see people go after it, um, during worship and to see even our younger leaders that we're raising up grow in their authority. And, uh, it's just been, for me, that's, it's just been really fun to watch. Sure. That's great. How, um, can you hear me? Yep. Okay, sweet. Uh, how, how I can see you too. Oh my gosh. Oh, can you? <laughs> can you see me? This is crazy. Put some clothes on. <laughs> <laughs> You're dressed. I like the hat. <laughs> so how how hands on are you? Like um, when you're away, how hands on are you with with planning worship? Like, are you are you doing planning center from the bus, or you know, or are you just letting it happen? <laughs> oh man, our guitar player Jeffrey, he's uh, the music director at the church, and he like keeps the machine running for me. And we have a smaller, we have a smaller team, um, so so it's it's relatively easy. It's very relational, um, and we've kind of kept it small, intentionally. Partially, we we only really have Sunday services, so you know, and we're just doing morning, so it's one band, um, those three services, and so. <clears throat> but yeah, Jeffrey's he is he's like, it's more the leaders because all of our worship leaders, uh, or for the most part, are. Um, are Jesus culture artists, so they're also usually on the road as well. So it's more juggling, um, juggling those guys that is the difficult part. But yeah, it's definitely hands on. We're all hands on when we're home. It's we're all leading or playing or, or uh, you know what have you. Do you guys try to mix in like other artists on a Sunday, or do you only do Jesus culture? Yeah, we have we have some amazing worship leaders that have. One of them actually was a friend of my wife's. Her, her and her husband um, moved to Sacramento to be a part of the church and uh, have been there since the beginning. And she's actually, her name's Ruthie uh, Ridley, and she's actually got a song on the deluxe version of the new album. Um, again, like not an official, like, you know, if you call it a Jesus Culture artist, like the Torwaltz, or, um, but she's amazing. And she leads... Um, almost every, you know, a couple times a month. And then we have a couple other uh, worship leaders that are just, that we're just on staff. One of them came, her name's Tony, just to be on admin. And she's turned out to just be like an amazing worship leader. Um, she actually helped us with our Spanish album because she 
uh, grew up in Mexico um, at an orphanage that we partnered with there. And so, yeah, it's just, it's really cool. It's, it's, I, that's the favorite, my favorite part about mm-hmm. being a worship pastor is just seeing, you know, other musicians and worship leaders growing their giftings and giving them an opportunity to, um, to do that. So, sure. Got a couple questions from our community. One, this one I think would be pretty fun. Um, someone asked, uh, how did you go about and like how long did it take you to find your um, identity and like worship leadership? And it's kind of funny to think about that because I mean, I can think of a litany of guys who basically try to lead like they see you lead. Um, so I'd love to hear like how you <coughs> landed on, you know, the way you lead worship and, you know, just kind of like the way you exhort and your voice in it. Like what, what did that look mm. like? You know, I, it is funny and I actually just, I don't speak ever really, but I, just talked about this up at Worship You at Bethel um, last week, and I think one of the biggest things, I mean, people in general, but creatives especially struggle with is comparison mm. and just trying to find their, you know, for for our uh, worship leaders, like their voice and like how do we fit in, you know, there's, for me, when I was, <clears throat> when I was uh, growing up, when other you know, other worship leaders would show up. I remember when Jeremy Riddle came to Bethel, I was like, oh my goodness, his voice is so good. And he's just so, he's just like a powerhouse. Like, you know, you you instantly sort of look, naturally look at yourself like, oh, am I, you know, am I measuring up? Or you instantly want to compare. And um, I think that's something that we have to constantly be aware of as, you know, we're called, obviously, if you're called to be uh, a, a worship leader, then God's called you to be a worship leader and called you to be yourself. Sure. And so for me, that's something I've had to learn over the years is like, you know, sure, there may be people that, me, that may have, you know, a better uh, a better voice than me or a better guitar player. Better for years ago, it was, it was drums, you know, there's, there were several better drummers around. But for me, I just had to go, okay, God called me to do this. Like, he's given me a passion for a reason. It's been confirmed through other people that I'm called to be uh, a worship leader. I'm called to be involved in worship. So um, for me, it was just really walking in that. Like you really just have to walk it out. Like mm-hmm. only I can do what I can do. And sure, I'm going to learn from other people. Sure, I'm going to be influenced by other people's leadership. And that those things are great. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I also have to learn how to be myself and walk in the gifting and anointing that God's put on my life. So mm-hmm. I think if I were to encourage any young leaders or um <clears throat> Or just you know, younger people in general is like, uh, it, again, it's it's the temptation is to compare yourself to others, but really, uh, just know that if you call to it, then God's gonna He's gonna back you up, and He's gonna give you the He's gonna give you the words, He's gonna give you the anointing, He's gonna He's gonna open the doors and, and give you favor. But really, um, yeah, just you know, obviously, like I said, grow and learn from people and be influenced by people, but also. Um, also trust the the anointing that God's put on your life. Sure, yeah, that's great. How do you um, how do you keep yourself inspired in songwriting? Like, what does your process look like for just constantly being able to turn stuff out without feeling like you're you know squeezing a, a dried up lemon? I guess that's probably. A bad <laughs> I don't know. I was like, I'm trying to come up with some illustration. But how do you how do you keep yourself like fresh creatively? Oh, totally. <clears throat> I mean. It does somewhat go in seasons, and I think that's where the discipline has to kick in. Mm-hmm. Um, for years, it was like I was—I felt like I was just going when I felt inspired. Um, but really, I, the last couple of years, and maybe we've talked about this on previous <clears throat> interviews, but um, I've had to learn the discipline side of it. And um, 
But I would, I, I mean, it's today, just practically, it's so easy to, to capture an idea quickly. So, like, for instance, I mentioned I'm like, I'm on vacation right now with my family. And, you know, if something that my girls did, like, sparked, you know, an emotion or, um, or whatever, I can instantly, you know, you know, now with smartphones and what have you, like, jot down a quick lyric idea yeah. or throw down a quick melody and, um, and go back to those things. But for me, um, it is seasons. And I do actually have to block out time. Um, for me, that's the way my brain works. Like, uh, I can be pretty one track minded. I'm not great at multitasking and jumping in and out of different, um, sort of roles. So once I'm in that songwriting mode, um, it's easier to me for me to focus. So like, even like I mentioned next week, we have a bunch of writers coming in from, from all over the place and we're just going to focus on songwriting and, um, and there's, you know, beyond just setting up a time to do that, there's some intentionality behind it. Like, okay, one, we have a project coming up, uh, next January. So we want to have songs ready. We want to be able to lead them at church to see how they fit. Um, which is somewhat for new, new for us. We're usually never that ahead of the, of the curve (laughs) when it comes to an album. It's usually like leading them for the first time, uh, when we're recording, but, um, and then two, we're also, uh, banning our pastor had this is a new thing we're trying for this this next writing um, camp if you if you if you will if we can call it a writing camp mm-hmm. is um, he he recorded videos for every day for um, all the the different writing groups that are happening to watch that basically share the heart behind why it is what we what we do and 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 what sort of songs we want to capture so you mentioned like what's going on in the church what God's what is God doing in the church yeah. in this season like banning will mention you know, hey, we're we're going after this, or we'd love to see this breakthrough in our church. Can we write about this? So, um, uh, that helps for sure. Like, <clears throat> that, I think that's an inspiration as well. Connecting with your pastor, or your if you're writing worship music, like you know, get that theme that's going on in your church. If if you feel like you need breakthrough in a certain area in church or in your church, like write about that. Mm-hmm. If you feel like you you know, if it's freedom or or whatever, like write about it. I know we've probably talked about this before, but we were always challenged as writers, um, you know, the, to write about where we want to see the church in 10, 15 years. We, we got to sing about it now. If we want to see the church, you know, walking in this, then we got to start singing about it right now, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. So, because that's what music and songs do. They, when we come together and worship, they remind us, um, you know, we're obviously singing about God, but it's it's also reminding us who we are in God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, yeah, so I, I'm rambling, but <laughs> for, I, I'm obviously very passionate about songwriting. But yeah. Um, yeah, I think if we could just sort of point people to God, remind people of who we are in God. And always, um, I will say this one last thing is like, um, you know, no matter what season you're in, if it's a painful season or if it's a fruitful season or whatever, like always point people to the goodness of God and, and the answer um, and, uh, and that will continue to, to, to move the church forward. Yeah. <clears throat> Did you guys bring any, um, guest writers that, for this album, like the non Jesus culture members? Oh yeah. Yeah. We, we have been doing that for, uh, the last couple albums, uh, which has been phenomenal. Like we've made some amazing connections and, uh, and really deep friendships through writing. One of my friends, Josh Silverberg, who I've written probably, 50 songs with in the last two or three years um you know it's just we we've stayed in touch he lives in nashville but we'll call each other and the amazing thing is we've he's been on this journey of um 
just pressing into to seeing God show up, um, you know, on the streets and praying for the sick. And so we'll share like testimonies with each other. And then uh, this this album that's coming out, um, Love Has a Name, there's a song called However You Want. Um, Josh was staying with me when we were writing and we were we woke up in the morning, we're eating breakfast and we were like, um, waiting for the other writers to show up, and we just started talking about this concept. Like, you know, we always ask God to show up in specific ways, like, you know, like consuming fire or let it rain or whatever. It was great, and we love those songs. But what if we just said, God, no matter what it looks like, we we really just want you to come however you want. And so we wrote this song over breakfast in about an hour. And um, but yeah, like we've we've definitely invited some other people in in the in to help us put words and melodies behind what God's doing in, in Jesus culture as a movement and at the church. And so, yeah, we love co-writing. <laughs> was it the same players on the album? I know um, James Duke was on tour with you. Was he, is he playing on it? No, no, I wish. Um, yeah, same players on the album, the, the, the main Jesus culture band for sure. Um, Jeffrey and Ian, Brandon and Josh. So all those guys. James is still in uh, like trial trial mode. He's still, yeah, he's going. He's on a ninety-day probation period. Um, I love James. I wish he he lives in Nashville, so uh, I don't know if I could ever convince him to, to move to California. But um, we would love to play with James more often. He'll be with us on the next Outcry tour, which starts in a couple weeks, actually. Nice. nice. What's the What's the album like? What's the general vibe? Is it more keys electronic, or is it back to being more guitar? Or? It's got a lot of guitar in it for sure, and I know when um, Ian and Jeffrey and I we were talking about like the feel of the album. Uh, really, Ian, our keyboard player, and Jeffrey, our guitar player, took a lot of the the lead this album with um, arrangements and such. But <clears throat> the idea was like, especially for Ian, he's like, I want to get back to not having to rely so much on tracks to carry the song, which there certainly are tracks because the more we got into, it, we're like, oh, it would be cool to add this candy to it but really is our, our sort of our thought behind it was like we'd love all those extra sounds and what have you to be more just candy and really the meat and potatoes of the arrangements to be uh something that a, a band you know hopefully a, a church can pull off you know as far as the bass line and the drums and the and the guitar parts and stuff so there's there's one song that you'll you'll hear it just kind of feels like top gun or something nice. <laughs> it's got guitars and makes you want to stand up and salute uh, but uh yeah i don't know if that answers the question but it's it's probably a little more back back to that sure. you know guitars and where yeah. are you guys tracking uh we we recorded at the church and then um you know did some dubs over at our studio which is still in reading at the sound house um jeremy edwardson our producer uh owns two studios up in reading so we'll go there and and do you know, uh, post-production and stuff, but yeah. How, how close are you to Bethel? Uh, as far as distance or yeah, relational? Yeah. Like you, <laughs> how far is it? It's about two and a half hours. Oh, okay. So uh, it's not from, that bad. No, not bad at all. Yeah. It's a really boring drive, which are, aren't you guys from central California or, uh, uh Northern I, California? I am. Yeah. So Chris is asking that question. I'm like, come on, man, that's easy. Like Chris is on the <laughs> East. Well, I'm on the East coast. <laughs> right. so, like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, it's a boring drive, but 
but we we go up there a lot. Love visiting Bethel, and I have family up there still and stuff. So, got another question from our community. A gal named Sarah asked, uh, "What advice do you have for a new young worship leader starting out in full time ministry?" And I think I think we probably talked about that a couple episodes ago. But I mean, there's always fresh insight to to dig on that. So you maybe want to riff on that a little bit. Uh. Uh, advice for new worship leaders? Yeah, just advice for somebody just starting. She said, "Sounds like she just got into full time ministry and is just asking for what you know. What should she be watching for? What should she be doing?" Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's so much you know I can say about that. I think uh, we just talked about it a little bit earlier, but you know, if you feel called to it, and others have confirmed that. Like, then don't don't ever doubt the the calling God's put on your life. So. Um, you know, when insecurity tries to creep in or comparison, just keep your heart um, just rooted in, in in the in the truth that God's called you to it and that He's made you a certain way and He's given you a specific voice or you know whatever it is. <clears throat> so I think that's huge because uh, I see often. I mean, even with mature worship leaders or or artists, like there's the temptation is always there to be to compare. Um, so, and then beyond that, I would say, like, yeah, learn as much as you can from people. Mm. And uh, uh, I, for me, I learned a ton. I used to play drums with Brian and Jen um, Johnson at, from Bethel Music for years. I, I mean, I lived with him. I grew up fishing with Brian. But um, for for me, he was someone I always just watched. Obviously, I was following him on drums, but I was always just so impressed and amazed at how he could lead a room corporately. Um, he's just a great corporate leader, but he's also so good at waiting on the spirit and 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 you know feeling, trying to trying to feel where the, where the Holy Spirit's going in, in the room. And so um, there was definitely a sensitivity that I learned from Brian and from Jen. And I think, <coughs> excuse me, I think a, a really big part of that is not being afraid of a potential awkwardness, um, or uh, you know what I mean. So. It definitely takes a little bit of risk to get outside of your set list or um, or what have you. But um, if, you know, if obviously if you have permit, you know, permission and, and and connection with your senior pastor and you have the ability to do that, like it's just amazing to see what what God does when you actually take that risk to to sort of feel out where He's going in a moment. And sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. And uh, but that's okay. And I would say that's that's something I learned as a young, um, you know. A, a drummer in church was just, uh, wow. Like you can actually, um, I just learned a ton from Brian and Jen, just how they would flow and, and not be afraid of, of waiting in a moment. Sure. Um, <coughs> something I wanted to ask, this is not pertaining to the new album, but to the old album, for some reason lately, I've been seeing a lot of debate about the meaning of in the river, like theologically. Uh-huh. And I, you wrote that, right? I did, and I hope yeah. I can answer your question wherever. <laughs> yeah, so I, I yeah, I'd, I'd, I mean, everybody's just going back and forth. Like, I think it means this. I think it means this, and so I just I'd love to take time to ask, like, you know, straight from the horse's mouth, like, what, yeah, what, what would, what's the meaning? Yeah, you know, what's funny is that song came out. Um, it was like the middle of the day. We had just gotten back from lunch, and we were just like, we need a song that just makes you feel happy, that reminds you of, like, being a kid. And as we were talking about it, we are like, remember that song? Like, I've got a river of life flowing out of me, makes the lame to walk. The one you sing in, in, you know, children's church or whatever. And as we were singing, we are like, oh, my goodness, these lyrics are, like, really deep. Like, 
you know, makes the lame to walk and the blind to see. And, and so we're like, you know, we started singing these lyrics like, uh, I come alive in the river. Like, what does that look like to actually have a, a river of life, like his spirit flowing through us? It's flowing through us. It's not just something that's, that's stagnant and, 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 and that just sits inside of us. It's something that when we encounter his, his love and his, his joy, like it's something we can't help but can, you know, we can't contain it. We can't help but share it with others. And so that was the idea behind the song was like, we've, we've encountered this love, we've encountered this joy, like a river flowing through us. And why? Because it's to give away. It's to, it's, you know, open the, the, I'm going to try to remember my, my own song bridge, but like open prison doors. Uh, <laughs> how does it go? Anyhow, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not just for us. It's for, it's for others to experience freedom and joy and liberty at the same time. So that's cool. Is that, does that answer? Is that theologically? Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. It's just, it's just funny. Like, and it, it's weird to see, like, it's, it's been out for a while <laughs> and like all, people all, all of a sudden, having these debates. I mean, I've seen, I've seen at least three debates in the last two weeks about it, which is weird, you know, but, I would um, love to read those. That's funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> so on the next album, like, do you have any, any in the river songs or, you know, did you try to say like, we need this, we need that another big, this song or whatever? Um, yeah. I mean, halls of heaven is one that, I think it's already out um, for pre-release, but it was that similar, like, uh, what does it look like to be a child? And, you know, again, me thinking of my kids and and um, as we were writing, it was like, just what does it look like to feel that love and acceptance before the father? Like, my kids, you know, they aren't afraid of me. Um, and obviously that's different. You know, there's a fear of the Lord and what have you, but like, there's also just that, that love and acceptance that we can come boldly before God's throne. And so, um, yeah, so it's just picturing like, what does my kids do when they're, you know, when they wake up, like they run in and they're excited about the day. And so a song, the song Halls of Heaven was just sort of those feelings put to, you know, put to, to uh, sort of an up-tempo. Um, we, Jesus culture's up-tempo isn't very up-tempo, we've realized. <laughs> we, <laughs> somehow we gravitate towards slow, moody, broody stuff, but for us, it feels pretty up tempo, especially the older we get. Hmm. Um, uh, but yeah, there's some other songs. There's one song called "Weight of Heaven" that's um, that's definitely got some movement to it. Um, yeah, it's it's a very there's a there's just a lot on this album. The more I think about it, there's just a lot of different. Um, uh, you know, they obviously all I, I we feel they all flow together and have a similar theme. But there's uh, just a lot of content and a lot of um you know we have all the artists on there and so it's really fun that's great <clears throat> uh, last question um a friend of mine was at uh hillsong la the other the other day and he snapped some um some video and you were leading there correct i was yeah what, what were you doing there were you just just guest leading or I'm moving to LA. I'm moving to Hillsong. No. <laughs> okay. Trying to get the scoop uh, or something. <laughs> yeah, don't spread that around. Uh, no, we love them. Like uh, the conversation, you know, of me leading there started uh, when I was writing. I was actually got to write with Brooke and um, her husband Scott. Wow, it's been a long time ago. Maybe almost 
two years ago. Like, yeah, we'd love to have you come down. We have these elevate nights that are, you know, just more worship focused. And um, so, yeah, finally, we just locked it in It found a time that works. And Carrie had done one of the nights, Carrie and her husband, Cody, and then Brian and Jen did the last one. And then I just came down for this one. And it was like so much fun. I mean, their church is obviously we know the influence and the impact um, Hillsong has had globally, but specifically in in L.A., um, Ben and his team have just done an amazing have done an amazing job at um at just creating that worship culture and so it was just super fun to come and be a part and it like took off like people just people went for it mm. and so i just i can't wait to go back that's it for this episode we'll see you next time <laughs>